Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 to 20, the Great Commission. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountains where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. When they saw him, when they came to them and said, when Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Thank you, Daniel. Well, good morning. Nice to see you all here today with us for our family service. Um, We're going to start with a little quiz about how seriously you would take someone's advice in the following situation. Okay, Um, imagine you were in a building and these three characters came up to you and asked you to leave. Would you listen straight away? Would you wait a bit and think about it? Or would you not listen at all and not leave the building, okay? So here's the question. Imagine you're in a building and these characters came up to you. So firstly, we have a fireman. How seriously would you take the advice of a fireman if he came and told you to leave the building? Any answers? Would you take it seriously and listen straight away? Or would you wait a bit and think about it, or would you not listen at all? Seriously? Yeah. Yeah, well done. I think I would listen seriously too if a fireman told me to leave the building. Um, What about this lady in a suit? If she told you to leave the building, would you leave immediately and listen to her? Would you wait a bit and, and find out why she wanted you to leave? Or would you not listen to her at all? What do you think? You'd ask why. You'd, you'd wait a bit. You wouldn't listen straight away. You'd, you'd think about it and ask her why, yeah? Okay. And then what about if a five-year-old came and told you to leave the building? Would you take them seriously? <laughs> some people would, some people wouldn't. We're divided on this one, <laughs> whether to take them seriously. Okay, here's another question then. Imagine you're on a beach and you go for a nice swim in the sea, and then these people come to you and tell you to get out of the water for some reason. They might add to it that there's a shark. I mean, that would you'd probably take that seriously, wouldn't you? But imagine these people come up to you. Would you listen straight away and do what they say? Would you wait a bit and think about it, or would you not listen at all? Let's see who we've got. So first, at the bottom, there is a... Well, well first, there is that man with a a rubber ring round him. How seriously would you take that man if he told you to get out of the water because there was a shark there? Mm. Would you take him seriously and listen? Would you have a think about it? Or would you think he was joking and and, and not listen to him? What do you reckon? There's no wrong answer. I just want (laughs) to... You'd have a think about it. Yeah, because he might have seen something or he might be joking, so you'd have a think about it, right? Okay, and then what about if Macaulay Culkin, as a little boy, told you to get out of the water? No? If that that boy told you to get out because he'd seen a shark? 
would you think he was being serious and would you listen to him? Or would you take your time and have a look and think about it? Or would you not listen to him? Yeah? Lots of people are thinking about that one. I think the shark has actually swayed everyone. You'd probably all get out. <laughs> um, okay, and what about a lifeguard then? How seriously would you take a lifeguard if they told you to get out of the water immediately? Would you take them seriously? Yeah. Okay, here's, here's a bit of a lighter one. Um, you're walking in the street and then these people come up to you and say, go to McDonald's, we're giving away free burgers. Would you listen straight away? Would you wait for a bit and think about it? Or would you not listen at all? So imagine if Ronald McDonald came to you and told you to go to McDonald's and get a free burger. Would you listen to him? Yeah. <laughs> Lots of nods over there. <laughs> yeah, okay. What about a man juggling bur burgers? Would you take him seriously? He's got a lot of burgers, doesn't he? Or would you not listen to him? Well, how about this one then? Colonel Sanders, the guy from KFC. If he told you to go to McDonald's, would you listen to him? <laughs> or do you think he'd be joking? Okay, mixed responses there. I think lots of you like McDonald's. Okay. So as we go about life, we get given lots of different commands. And commands are instructions given by people with authority, people in charge. So like the government commands us to only cross the road when the green man is showing. Or our teachers who are in charge at school, who are in charge of the classroom, they might command us to not talk during an exam. So commands are given instructions given by people in authority. Now, depending on how much authority someone has depends on how much we trust them and how quickly we listen to them and whether we will or whether we won't obey them whether we do what they say or not. Now, you would most likely listen to and do what a fireman says if he tells you to leave a building because he is trained and he is paid to look after you and to look after the safety of everybody. Same with the lifeguard. He is trained to keep you safe. The lifeguard's in charge of the beach. So if they tell you to do something, then you're going to do it. And like these people, Jesus lives to keep you safe. He died to keep you safe forever. But you need to trust him more than anyone else because as he says here in verse 18, he has all authority in heaven and on earth. And that means he's the most important person in heaven and on earth and is in charge of everything. After Jesus died for the wrong things that we've done and came back to life... He gave his disciples a very special and important command that we read in the Bible passage. Jesus tells his disciples to go and tell everyone around the world the good news about what he has done. They are to go and tell every country and every language because he wants everyone to be his friend. Now this special command is called the Great Commission. 
So Jesus' disciples were commanded to go and tell the good news about Jesus. And they listened to him and they obeyed him. And that was because they knew who Jesus was. They knew that he was in charge of everything. He has all the authority. Now Jesus told them to disciple all the nations. Now that means to teach them from God's word, from the Bible, and to help them to know how to live as God's people. And Jesus told his disciples to baptize those who believed the good news. And being baptized means publicly showing people that you believe and trust in God, Father, Son, and Spirit. The 11 disciples obeyed and went to many different places and told the good news. And it wasn't always nice. Some people didn't like what, what, uh, what they heard when they heard the good news. And the disciples got arrested, they got persecuted, and even killed. But they did it even when it was hard, because they trusted Jesus, and they wanted everyone to hear. Jesus also made them this promise in verse 20, that he would be with them always until he came back. Jesus didn't give them this job to do on their own, but he promised to always be with them and that they had his help, the help of the king in charge of everything. So we're going to hear more about that in a moment and meet some people who did go and tell the good news. But before we do that, we're going to stand again together and we're going to sing. Woo! What do you mean, who am I? I'm your husband, Reese. Well, usually when you show up on stage like this, you're in some costume or you have some other name, like Jack in the Box or something. Jack in the Box? Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, okay, you can call me Jack today then. Okay, Jack. So the next question I think everybody is asking is what are you doing in that box? Well, I was round the back of school when I saw this time-travelling doctor. Doctor who? Sorry? Doctor who? Uh, no, I didn't quite catch his last name. No, Doctor who, he's the time-travelling doctor. Well, if you know him, then why are you asking me who he is? <laughs> anyway, he stopped me and said he needed to go back to the future. Oh, Doctor Emmett Brown. Doctor who? No, Dr. Emmett Brown, he's from Back to the Future. Yeah, that sounds like his name. Anyway, he told me to look after his time-travelling box for him uh, as he drove off in a DeLorean. Well, I'm a bit confused because this box looks like Doctor Who's mode of travel. It looks like somebody's TARDIS. Somebody's TARDIS? Oh, no. They must have got too close to the people laying the new tarmac on the road. Oh, they have as well. Look at that. They've tarred it. Somebody's TARDIS. Okay, never mind. <laughs> so anyway, this box is a time-travelling machine, obviously. No expense spared for the family service. Hey, don't offend the props department, okay? Um, okay. So 
As we are having family service today, maybe you can help us go and speak to some people in the past in your time machine box thingy majiggy. Hey, that's a great idea. Yeah. Okay, so Jack, get in your box and please travel to AD 59 for us. Well, what shall I do when I get there? Um, what I want you to do for everybody is to interview Simon Peter. Um, I'll give you this clipboard. It's got all the information about the different people that I want you to talk to on your travels, okay? Sounds good. Thank you. Right. Let's uh, go in here, press a few buttons. Hello, who are you? I'm Simon. And I'm Peter. <laughs> hmm, maybe I pressed the wrong button. Uh, and who are you? I'm Jack. Hi, Jack. Hi, Jack. Cool. We'll get the tools. Uh, no, I, I don't want to hijack anyone. I'm, I'm Jack. Hi. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Uh, time to go. <laughs> It's probably best if I don't explain it. And who are you? I'm Jack. And you are? I'm Simon Peter. Yes! This time machine worked. Got me to Simon Peter. Don't worry about it. It's <laughs> a time machine. Yeah, um, just forget about that, okay? <laughs> So, where are you going? You're just the man I wanted to see. I'm going to Rome. Rome? In 59 AD? Isn't that a bit dangerous? Where is it dangerous these days? Anyway, I'm happy to go. I've got good news to share with the Romans. I thought you stayed in Jerusalem. I go where my Lord wants me to go. Jesus told us to start in Jerusalem than to spread the good news to the rest of the world. He said that all authority in heaven and on earth had been given to him, and that therefore we were to go and make disciples of all the nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything he had commanded us. And he also said he'd be with us always to the very end of the age. That's great. So Jesus says he'll always be with you to the very end of the age. That's right. He's always with us. And the Holy Spirit helps to share the good news wherever we are and wherever we go. Where are you from? Uh, Britannicus. Where? Never mind. Let's just say that I'm a Gentile. Yes, well, I'll work that out. <laughs> but guess what? The good news is for you too, my Gentile friend. Praise God. Did you know that God used me to show the other Jewish believers that King Jesus came to rescue Gentiles as well? He sent me to Cornelius' house 
to tell him about our Lord Jesus. And I had a vision of all these different foods and animals coming down. And a voice from heaven saying that it was okay to eat them. Well, I was shocked at the time. But looking back, it all makes sense. It means that you can go anywhere in the world and share people's food and hospitality. And I also recall that Jesus said, it's not what goes into you that makes you unclean, but what comes out of you, out of your heart, which is why we need Jesus our Saviour. Thank you so much, Simon Peter. Maybe you could join us at Solid Rock sometime. Uh, I don't know what that is. I need to get moving. I want to go see my friends in Rome. They're having a hard time there. And I want to go and encourage and disciple them. Okay, well, thank you very much. I'll let you be on your way. I know you're busy. Right. So, what's the next port of call? Uh, China, 1859. Sounds good. Visiting Hudson Taylor. Cool. See you in a minute. all shook up. I think it's because it's a washing machine box. <laughs> Hello there, Eop. Hudson Taylor's my name. And you are? Jack. Jack. Nice to meet you, Jack. And what brings you to Ningpo, China? Are you heading to Shanghai? No, but I was shanghai into coming along in this box by my wife. Strange, strange man. Really? No, I'm joking. I wasn't coerced at all. Actually, I wanted to come along. Uh, it's just a tight fit, you know, to travel in this. I can see. For, for, it looks constraining for a man of your stature. It's true. Round peg in a square hole and all that. Anyway, as I said, what brings you to Ningpo? Well, actually, I came to ask you the same question, Hudson. What brings you, an Englishman or more specifically, a Yorkshireman, to Ningpo. Well, I've always had a heart for China. I've always longed to be a missionary and carry the good news of Jesus. I came here as 21-year-old. 21? That's quite young to go and be a missionary. Yes, it is, but God gave me the wisdom to see. The less I spend on myself, the more I can give to others. And that's not just about money and finances, but time as well. I said to my friend Amelia before I came, every year 12 million souls in China die without God, without hope. I must leave as soon as possible. I feel as if I cannot live if something isn't done for China. So I came at 21, started teaching about Jesus. My mission was to spread the gospel amongst the peoples of China. There was a civil war soon afterwards, but that's over now. A stayed which helped people to see God cares for them. And I've spent most of my life here preaching, helping as a doctor, and handing out tracts to people. Hudson, that's quite a commitment. You came out to China at a young age, and you've said that you understood that you can give God your time and not just your money. 
and that you came away from your family and friends and all the things that you knew and are now dressed in this Chinese way. And no offense, but you look like you live a simple lifestyle, not a flash expensive one. Oh, thank you. Uh, no offense taken. Uh, I've chosen to live this way to better serve Christ in my surroundings. You're obviously very passionate about China, but is there anything from Scripture that helped persuade or encourage you to come here? Well, uh, yes, when I read through the Gospel of Matthew, I get to chapter 28 and see what Jesus tells his disciples to do, to go. Now, it doesn't mean you have to go far. You can go next door, tell good news, down to the bottom of your street, school, workplace. You don't have to go travel across the world like me. But it's something you can do anywhere for Jesus. Um, and when I look at Jesus' words in the Great Commission, the Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It's a command to be obeyed. So it's something all of us can do and something all of us should do, whether it's to your cousins, your friends who live nearby, whether it's to people living the other side of the world. Well, thank you very much. Do you have any Irish family, by the way? It's a mixture, I think. <laughs> <Just> joking. <laughs> uh, thank you, Hudson. I'd better be off now. Uh, but all the best for your wedding, right? Later this year. How do you know about that? <laughs> I'd best be off. Sorry about that. Is this Ecuador? Yeah. Ah. And is it 1959? Of course it is. And are you Elizabeth Elliot? Yes, I am. And who might you be? I'm Jack. Jack in a box. That's funny, but a little weird. Yeah, weird things have been happening today. But... That aside, I'm actually here to see you, Elizabeth. Oh, you are? Yeah. How can I help you? Well, I wanted to ask you a few questions about what you're up to here in Ecuador. Uh, well, um, I'm here to make disciples of the Ecuadorian tribes people. Um, my husband and I, Jim, came here, but sadly he was killed. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. But then, after that happened, you're still here? You decided to stay in Ecuador? Yes, I knew that God was with me, so I wasn't going anywhere. God's command from the Great Commission is, go and make disciples of all nations. So, I decided that my safety was less important than the commission. Wow. And in fact, two weeks ago, one of the guys who killed Jim was baptized as a Christian believer. Isn't that great? That's amazing. It sounds like you took an amazing step of faith. Thank you for telling me something of your story. Uh, I'm sorry I need to rush off now, but um, yeah, thank you for sharing. Oh, that's fine. Say bye-bye to the jack-in-the-box. Bye-bye. We've got to go back to our village now. See ya. <laughs>
<sighs> right, now where am I? Oh, Hong Kong, 2016. Wait, that's now, as in now, now. Like, that means I've gone back to the future. Or, or back to the now, back to the now, now. Um, oh, and who might you find people be? Uh, we're Tom and Marika, and we're from Britain and Norway and some other countries. Cool. Well, it's nice to see you here. Um, but what brings you to Hong Kong? Is it the dim sum, or maybe it's the weather? <laughs> no, it's actually... Um, God has called us here to, uh, to share the love of Christ and uh, help the poor and, uh, and tell people about Jesus. So that's what we're doing. That's great. You've come all the way to Hong Kong to tell people the gospel and show Jesus' love to other people. So you're obeying Jesus' command, just like the other people that I've met today. That's great. Thank you for introducing yourselves. Um, I'd better be off now. I think I've uh, took up enough of your time. See you, guys. Thank you for everyone who helped in our journey through time to meet a few people who heard and obeyed Jesus' command to go and tell. So in a few moments, we're just going to think about what does that mean for me and you here this morning. But before we do that, the worship team are going to come up again and we're going to stand and sing together. Please do sit down. So we've met some people this morning throughout time who are telling the good news about Jesus around the world. They obeyed Jesus' command to go and tell. Sometimes it was hard and sometimes it was dangerous, but they kept on doing it because they trusted God and they knew that what they were sharing was the best news that anyone could hear. But what about us here this morning? What has all of this going and telling got to do with us? Well, if we are Jesus' friends and follow him, then this command is for us as well. And remember who is telling us to go and tell. It's Jesus, King Jesus, the one with all the authority, the one in charge of the whole world. So we need to listen and obey. Now, that doesn't mean that you need to leave school or your job and go and live in a hut somewhere in the jungle. It means going to the places that God sends us to and telling the people we meet uh, who don't know about Jesus of him and his rescue plan. It might mean moving to a different country or for some of us becoming missionaries. But... For all of us, we need to tell the good news to those in our everyday lives. That means that we need to tell the children at school, our colleagues at work, neighbours, family, friends, children at school um, or on the football team, musicians uh, in our orchestra, or whoever we meet and spend time with. Don't think that it doesn't matter or that someone else will do it. Jesus wants you to go and tell the good news, and that it's a matter of life and death. Now, you might feel a little bit nervous or a little bit worried, maybe, 
But you don't need to know lots of long words that Christians sometimes use, or every verse in the Bible off by heart. Learn a simple way of explaining the gospel and practice it. Maybe your parents can help you, or maybe your Kingdom Kids teachers or youth leaders can help you to do that. And remind yourself of why it's such good news. Because when you're excited about something, you're bursting to tell other people about it. But keep reading your Bible. Because the more you learn about God, the more that you have to share with other people. But also remember that promise that Jesus made to us. I will always be with you. So after Jesus went back to heaven, he sent his Holy Spirit to help all of his followers to live life Jesus' way and to help them to be bold and brave in telling people the gospel. So pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Now, sometimes people might not like what you tell them. They might not understand who Jesus is and what he's done for them. And they might treat you differently after you share with them. When it's hard, Jesus is still with you. You haven't failed. Only Jesus can save people. Your job is to tell them the good news. So what have we learned today? Jesus, the King, with all the authority, commands us to go and tell everyone the good news. Don't be afraid, because like we've heard, he promises to be always with us. Let's pray together. Dear God, thank you for the good news about Jesus, that he died to rescue us from our sins, and that he is the king of the universe, in charge of everything. Sorry when we forget who Jesus is and when we don't listen to him. Please help us to obey his command to tell the world about Jesus. Please help the Holy Spirit to help us to be bold in telling the people we know and meet the best news that they could ever hear. In the name of our Saviour Jesus, Amen. So we've now got a time of family prayer and the Choi family are going to come and lead us.